I V M. You're listening to the Drinks and Destinations podcast. Caves of Sandman and Villanova de Gaia could give you chills if you are left inside alone, told my friend, who was accompanying me on a tour of the centuries-old Sandman cellars as we walked towards the entrance. The occasional sighting of the Don in his black and white attire with a black cape and a wide-brimmed hat reminded me of some sort of a Dracula movie. I was expecting to see a tour guide wearing the iconic Sandman uniform with a scary mask on his face. But instead, we were welcomed by a 20-something fluent English-speaking handsome devil. <laughs> well, I meant a regular human being. So where was I? I was in the heart of Porto City in Portugal. Well, hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Drinks and Destinations podcast. I am your host Rojita and with me is Samita. And we bring to you today a very special episode on the sunshine country, Portugal. Samira, did you know that there are 21 bottles of Sandman, also called Sandy Man, sold every minute worldwide? Wow, it, yeah. I had no idea. So it's also the first bottle of Porto to be sold. Okay. And the credit for that goes to none other than the icon, the Dawn. Dawn in 1928 by the French artist who was not French. <laughs> so it's he's basically a Scottish artist called George Massier Brown, who approached Sandman for business. in 1928 at that time french posters were very much in vogue mm. and george signed his artwork as g massier to hide his scottish origins and pretended to be a french and so was born the first iconic logo for a wine brand the remarkable silhouette of the dawn brown wanted a figure that represented the mystery and sensuality of a glass of ruby red port So he drew a mysterious figure wearing a Portuguese student's cape and wide-brimmed hat. Wow, sounds <laughs> very, very mysterious and intriguing. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting to know, Rajita, that Sandman is the most famous wine company in Portugal, making Porto and Sherry wines since back in 1790. Now that you know, usually when you say Portugal, you don't immediately connect that it it would have such a deep connection with wine. But now, yeah. you're, since you're talking about your visit and we are talking about Portugal today, you will really get to know what amazing wine they actually have to offer and how they are connected to wine. And since 1935, Sandman icon the Don <laughs> has become one of the three most famous characters in the alcoholic drinks industry worldwide. That's true, and I have a video from my visit to the cellars of Sandman, where I had a private tour, and here is what we found. And so these, the vintage one, uh, these are always considered the best port wine that exists because these are the only ones, uh, which not the only ones. There's another type uh, which we can talk in just a second, but uh, these uh, come from one single year of harvest, and so that's why you always see the indication of the year they come from, as we're seeing right now, 1904. 1906, 1907. Those are the years of the harvests of those single wines sitting there, and actually these wines are going to have such an extraordinary quality in the harvest season. They're going to be chosen to be aged in bottle two years later, and because we need the approval of the the Port Wine Institute exactly. And after two years, these wines are bottled and they're ready to. They're not ready to be consumed, of course, but they're ready to be stored and they're going to keep on growing with time in bottle. So these are actually. The only port wines which you can keep, and they will get better with time. With all of the other ones we're talking about now, you can keep them for 30 years if you want. Uh, but the wine will be the same um, once you you've bought it. It's exactly once the wine is bottled, it's exactly the same. These, because they're not filtered before they're bottled, we leave really a lot of tannins in the wine, 
And so that's why these ones can keep on growing if with time and bottle. And actually, as far as I've seen, there's no limit for these ones to age in bottle. Uh, just last year, there was a seller which belongs to the same company as we do, um, which is the Foreda seller. They sold a bottle, a vintage bottle from 1815, uh, so from 200 years ago. And so, you know, that such old wines, they're all yeah. stored inside the cellars in Villanova de Gaia. Cellar, it looks haunted. Isn't it? That's that's the reason my friend told me, you know, you could Absolutely. get scared if you're left alone in that place. For yeah, a I feel like somebody time, is going to come out of one barrel and be like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> and the Don, did you see the Don? He is oh, quite he's, handsome. He's quite cute. Yeah, I think so. And with the whole hat and the cape, wow. Yeah, that works. So all the single girls out there heading <laughs> to Portugal. Yeah. You should look for the Sandman cellar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it's not just Sandman. There are many other wine companies such as, you know, Taylor Sport, Gram Sport and then, you know, Caves Ferreira where you travel back to the origins of Portuguese tradition. In this cellar, you learn more about the history of port wine and the Duro region and discover one of its most iconic figures, Dona Antonia Adelaide Ferreira in the Caves of Ferreira place. And that place also has one of the best views of the river okay. uh, on from Villanova, the Gaia side of Porto. So the Porto city mm-hmm. um, that we're going to talk about in some time, they, you know, it's a, such a beautiful place where there's so much of uh, culture, vibrancy, so much of uh-huh. sunshine. That's why I said it's my sunshine, uh, <laughs> you know, the city in the yeah. world maybe. Uh, so that, that's a beautiful place to visit and the tours could include tastings of these uh, Duro wines and Port wines and then you know you could visit the old bar there and you know there's a tasting room which is a, from 19th century wow a lot at, of old, uh, old charm happening yes it's really old the entire place is this that can transport you back to some you know 16th 17th wow. century when you go there beautiful lovely place so let's take a short break and when we come back we're going to talk about uh, more of Port wines alright Hello and welcome back and now Samira is going to tell us about different types of port wines. Yes, Portugal uh, known for its port wine and uh, the port wines divided into three big families, white, tawny and ruby. And the first made from white grapes and the other two from red grapes. And the white port offers like a range of colors that can vary from pale white to amber. And the ruby family admits a red tonality that extends from like light red to very, very dark red and yes. almost black. Yeah. Wow. And the, <laughs> just keeps getting scarier. <laughs> the tawny family uh, usually extends from colors like uh, auburn, copper and amber. So yeah. again, pretty looking. So let's start with tawny, like the characteristics it would include. Like tawny's are ambered color to brown and nutty dried fruit figgy in flavor. And uh, you know, thanks to your of like slow controlled oxidation in large wooden uh, barrels uh, they go by like two names either Kolheta yeah, I hope Kolheta that, the vintage yeah, yeah I'm so scared about these pronunciations <laughs> so there's one uh, called Kolheta and the other one aged tawny and uh, aged tawny is leaner and it has more spirit in mm-hmm. them and if we, if we talk about like pairing tawny it would uh, it it's best served chilled in summer or winter and you know it can be drunk at the end of the meal also uh, probably you know with walnuts to nibble and uh, there's also Portugal star cheese again a very scary pronunciation (laughs) coming up Cajus Serra de Estrella Uh, 
This cheese <laughs> apparently is had with quite a few of the wines. Coming okay. to now the ruby okay, category. So before you talk about the yeah. ruby port, I just wanted to mention it to the listeners that uh, port wine is one of the wines where actually uh, the grape spirit is added. Okay. It. And which means brandy basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a fortified wine. It's not mm. your uh, you know regular wine that oh. you drink. Yeah. Very interesting. And then ruby over here the ruby ports where the vintage port is the other top end style are a more redder, firmer, slightly sweeter and fruitier than tawny. And you can uh, taste the sweet ripeness of the hot sun of the Duro Valley in this yeah. style of the port. See, now you know why yeah. I call it Sunshine City. <laughs> and uh, definitely a sweeter, which you would imagine like the true port lovers, I'm sure, go for the, like the sweetest breed. Yeah. And in years old, vintage port had to be kept for years for its tough tannin and spirit to soften to drinkability. Now, the spirit used to fortify port is of finer quality and modern methods in vineyard, cellar and warehouse make vintage port a much more balanced, less tannic wine that is drinkable after only a few years, although it was still age and developed complexity. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Like Ruby, I feel, is a little more complex and uh, more favorite amongst yeah, people, it, isn't it? It's got much more tannin than yeah. the tani because, and I prefer the tani ports oh, yeah. than ruby ports. So, uh, <laughs> but I also like some nice ruby ports which are not too high on sugar and not too, I mean, not too sweet and not uh, you know too much of too high on alcohol mm-hmm. because obviously you have spirit in them so mm-hmm. you have to be careful about the alcohol part as well you don't have a sweet tooth i've noticed <laughs> <laughs> yeah but all the port wines are sweet i mean yeah. almost all of them most of them so yes yeah. so they are best drunk at a cool room temperature and so these are a good match the ruby is a good match with like bitter chocolate or coffee desserts yes. and they they prefer to have like that yes so let's come to white now the white ports come in various level of sweetness there is a dry which is actually quite sweet then there's medium dry which is pretty sweet and uh, there's a seriously sweet one for the ones who have a sweet tooth not for you rojita <laughs> the dolce yeah yes. that must be like extremely sweet i haven't had a dolce Port yet, that must give someone a sugar high. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this uh, new style of port sweet, fortified and rosé. This is made to drink chilled and neat, or in cocktails. Now, uh, these are also served with. Uh, if we talk about pairings, they are best with like nuts and uh, served with appetizers and really enjoyed. But this, particularly the white, is not had so much with desserts because I think it's pretty sweet enough. Yeah, yeah. True. You could just drink it on its own. It's yeah. <laughs> like a sweet dish on its own. Yeah. And uh, not very far from Porto City is a place called Duro. And okay. Duro Valley is very famous. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site since 2001. It's famous for the terraced vineyards, which is one of the best in the world. Most beautiful vineyards that you would see in the world, in fact. And it's one of the oldest demarcated wine regions as well. And uh, it's just a very short trip from uh, Porto to Duro. Mm-hmm. And the very interesting part is earlier... all the wines there used to be the vineyards used to be in duro valley mm-hmm. 
and the grapes used to be harvested there and they were brought down to Porto to Villanova de Gaia to make the wines in those wine cellars. Oh. So they used to be like a long commute from Duro to Porto but uh, since last couple of years a lot of wine companies they have started establishing their own wineries in Duro region and because the institute they allowed them to make wines at Duro mm-hmm. and that's when the you know wine companies have started making their own wines. Okay. But interestingly Duro also makes some non-sweet like regular white and red wines as well mm-hmm. not just port wines they also make the regular duro wines as well so i visited couple of wineries and uh, you know there's one cl- called quinta do popa mm-hmm. the beautiful winery i think one of the best views of duro you can get from there it's like a window over the duro river mm-hmm. and where the panoramic reflects all the splendor of a unique terroir and uh, the name and the history of this quinta are the symbol of a dream that has been passed down from generation to generation and this dream was of francisco freira better known as popa that's mm-hmm. his name basically which is carried forward by steven freira okay. who is the son and now who's you know taking care of the entire operation now his son he achieved this dream by joining smaller plots and of land and creating a real farm which he named popa Mm-hmm. to pay tribute to his father and today his grandchildren lead the project with the support and the great experience of the onologist Louis Pato mm-hmm. and Quinta do Popa provides some of the best wine experiences in Duro region and for that reason is the in great demand actually and the best part is mm-hmm. uh, Quinta do Popa is also one of the most active wine companies uh, on social media and oh. uh, I mean the moment you walk into that uh, estate you mm-hmm. could see all these uh, hashtags and social media oh, signs cool. and it's it's a really fancy <laughs> and beautiful place to be and there's another one called uh, Vila de Souza okay and that's also a very nice place very old place they used to supply stock of wines to other companies mm-hmm. but now they have started making their own port wine since last couple of t- years there is another one called Quinta Nova which is a 250 years ago the the company used to do the you know first harvesting and then they used to supply the wines and then they started making wine and so that's another place to visit there is Quinta de Seco and there's a couple of more so i think that's one place that ev- everyone should definitely make a trip to uh, well we could have another episode dedicated <laughs> only to port wines but in this we also have to talk a lot more about portugal so let's just uh, move yes, on yes let's uh, give our listeners a formal introduction to the land of portugal and definitely if you're planning to visit you must have guessed by now that wines are something for all the wine lovers this is a place but where is it located what other things can you look forward to when all the distinct things what make portugal what it is we're going to talk about firstly um portugal is the westernmost country of Europe and is located in the Iberian Peninsula surrounded by Spain to the north and east and the Atlantic Ocean to the south and west and uh, Portugal is one of the oldest country in Europe did you know that Rajita yes. and i think that's where the whole mystical um, yeah. feeling of the place come from i think that was also the country which first explored the sea route Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah. yeah. So, I think Portugal has a lot of contribution to the society. Absolutely. You know? The oldest and in fact, the language also for that matter, it's spo- it's spoken in nine countries. Yeah. So, very, like and we I'll, have a po- Portugal connection in India. Yeah. In Goa, yeah. you find so many people. And in fact, who, I'll tell you my parents uh, stayed in Angola for a few years and they came back speaking Portuguese because that's really? what they speak, that's what you speak there. Wow. So, that's yeah, another uh, quite a popular language and Portugal has had the same defined 
border since 1139 making it the oldest nation state in Europe wow and uh, along with that the sport wine medieval castles the many recipes and taste of bacalhau the portuguese word for codfish which is so so famous and there's also one more thing it gave us the word tea thank <laughs> you portugal for that because we know what tea lovers we are yeah. so it gave us that word the first when the first portuguese uh, encountered tea in china it was called cha or cha i think maybe sha sha yeah <laughs> fancy <laughs> the first published encounter with tea was in 1560 by portuguese missionary gaspar da cruz and uh, the first european destination to start drinking tea was in fact portugal playing a huge role in introducing the beverage to destinations along its trade routes in the 16th century no wonder you, everyone calls it tea now yeah <laughs> and you know we are talking about uh, so many wines i just want to tell you that portugal is the largest cork C O R K producer yes the largest yes. cork producer in the world yeah. it produces 70% of the world cork's exports and main importers of portuguese cork are germany the uk and the us yeah in fact it's uh, getting more expensive uh, to produce cork there yeah. because it also has environmental effect yeah so there was a trend in between people started shifting to your synthetic corks mm-hmm. but now again companies are going back to you know using the regular yeah. cork which m- maximum of this comes from portugal yeah because it has the largest cork forest yeah so which is a very amazing and uh, without further delay let's talk about the capital of portugal which i think you must have on your visiting list which is lisbon and it sounds very very exciting and in fact uh, i want to tell everyone that lisbon actually has the oldest bookstore in the world yes wow. the bertrand bookshop which has been around since 1732 you can find this piece of history in lisbon's barro alto neighborhood and the bookstore was unfortunately destroyed in an earthquake that rocked the city in 1755 but was moved to the same location where you can find it at today in 1773 that's interesting yes so Lis- i think that should be something that i would like to visit when i go to lisbon and uh, next and i also wanted to tell you that yeah. uh, you know like we have the fight between delhi and bombay uh-huh. whose city is the best yeah. uh, they have this fight between lisbon and <laughs> portugal saying a porto saying oh, really? you know, porto is better or lisbon is better so which one is so the bombay of the two you would say uh, i think i think lisbon, lisbon is the yeah oh no maybe porto maybe porto <laughs> yeah. i don't know i think we can't compare them to delhi bombay but the yeah the kind the of fight. fight they have is more like that yeah but lisbon sounds absolutely amazing i mean if i'm visiting portugal i would definitely have it on my list in fact uh, the vasco da gama bridge in lisbon is 10.5 miles that's 17 kilometers long making it the longest in europe wow so these are some amazing things to look but forward to there's one, to. one more uh, tunnel mm-hmm. the road tunnel between okay. duro and uh, Uh, Porto City that's also one of the longest tunnels by the way wow portugal has a lot of uh, you know ah. biggest and longest things <laughs> in the world <laughs> I hope that sounded right. <laughs> so talking about Lisbon it's stretching along the banks of the Tagus River near the Atlantic Ocean and uh, you know this Portugal's capital and largest city winds upwards among seven steep hills which makes it beautiful and what do you look forward to over here the weather alluring alleys quaint shops gothic cathedral impressive bridges like we mentioned and uh, some traditional fado music which you can hear along the way. <laughs> That's interesting really. Yeah. So there's another place which is very close to Lisbon mm-hmm. uh, it's called Sintra okay. which has got a 
got its own micro climate. Okay. It's just thirty minutes drive from Lisbon, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this has somehow inspired the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales. Okay. So the fairy tales by Etsy Andersen, they mm-hmm. they are inspired by this place because, well, you know the, the mountain roads, the bold palaces, overgrown atmosphere. It's not a stretch to imagine prince and princesses spending their days on the mountain side wow. in a place like that. Yeah, but the most interesting thing about Sintra maybe is its weather, as I mentioned. It's mm-hmm. got its own small climatic area. Hmm. And it's not noticeably cooler than Lisbon. Mm-hmm. It's got more clouds and fog, which quickly roll in and out of the mountains, making it like a place to take some amazing photographs if you're visiting the place. And somehow this odd weather pattern has given it like storybook feeling to it. Wow. So that's that's something which, you know, sounds very interesting to visit, isn't it? Absolutely. And another city which uh, you can uh, probably, another place you can look forward to is uh, Algarve. Oh yes, known okay. to be very very beautiful. Again, every city that we are talking about is mentioning very good climate. So yeah. I think people who are staffed for like good climate should definitely yeah. head, head to Portugal. So this place has like sunny Mediterranean climate, beautiful beaches, picturesque towns, historic sites, fabulous cuisine, and affordable costs for that matter. You know, which make it one of the best places to visit in so Portugal. Think about it: Portugal, mm-hmm. Spain, Greece, all these places. They are in the southern part of Europe yeah. and they've got the best Mediterranean kind of climate and they are the perfect locations to go and you know travel around and the food and the drinks there are so good I think the best of Europe is in the southern part of I think so and I think anyone who is lucky and fortunate enough to get a long holiday should just head out and cover all yeah. these three and from Spain like to Portugal months. is like really uh, by road it's very easy to and uh, I think that's travel. why maybe the cultures are a little similar like they borrow uh, some yes. similarities yeah quite a lot of similarities yeah That's so coming true. to Algarve it's located in the country's southernmost region and uh, it offers a feast for the eyes from tranquil landscapes of olive groves traditional whitewash villages to the wild you know that sounds nice. amazing and uh, along with that there's a there's enough beauty to look at in the day and Lagos is the area for hot spot for nightlife. So it's a great combination if you're looking for like great uh, time to spend in the day, enough beauty for the eyes in the day and enough things to do at yeah. night. Yeah. It has a good nightlife and it's looped by orange groves. So, Silves is best known for its red sandstone castle, while Tavira, an elegant town packed with renaissance monument bridges and castles. Sounds amazing. It Mm. does. Great. So, there's another place, Mm -hmm. Madeira Island. Ooh, I've heard about these. (laughs) Not just Madeira Wines, yes. The Madeira Island. So, basically, uh, sporting the nickname Floating Garden of the Atlantic, Madeira is... an archipelago in uh, Atlantic Ocean between Portugal and North Africa, mm-hmm. popular for its lush green landscapes, flower gardens and vines, of course. The must-see places include the Orchard Garden and the Laurisilva Forest, which harbors the world's largest concentration of laurel. The capital and largest city of Madeira is Funchal, uh, home to historic churches, fortresses, tourist resorts and restaurants as well as a three-lined Lido promenade which represents spectacular ocean views. And oh. one more thing. Yeah. Uh, the Funchal Airport is mm-hmm. also considered, not to discourage anyone, <laughs> one of the most 
extreme airports in the world i have heard and listeners we were watching videos <laughs> rajita before just, coming here yeah just before we were preparing for this we were watching a video where the airplane was trying to land on the air strip and, and it was yeah because half the time they have to turn it because of the crosswinds and it's just next to the sea and it's really difficult one of the most extreme airports in the world to actually land aircraft I could so take a road trip to madeira <laughs> you can't it's an <laughs> island all. it's kind of an island so Oh yeah, so you can't. But that was scary. Like the yeah. you have to just pray and turn the aircraft and then degrees and that's how it kind of landed. Okay, let's not so, scare the listeners. Yeah, I know, but, but it's yeah. it's an experience, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so now coming back to Madeira wines mm-hmm. you know the Madeira wines has that nutty deliberately oxidized and slightly caramelized quality from wood aging under the influence of heat. And Madeira ranges in sweetness from just off dry to seriously sweet like really sweet wines. Mm-hmm. Uh very little is made nowadays uh, of the traditional wines uh, named after their grape varieties and traditionally made each as its at its own individual level of sweetness and in a rising order of sweetness these are you know sosiel tarantes vadejo boal and malvasia all these are white grapes the red varieties are from uh, tinta negra uh, is now also made into all those sweetness levels by the same heating and oxidative methods mm-hmm. uh, something complicated we might talk about that in our future episodes mm-hmm. the process of making port wines but yeah for the time being you know just to understand uh, it's possible to buy extraordinary bottles of intensively flavored and uh, so intensely flavored and really complex old wines that are made from old white grape varieties and the some of the other famous but i mean just diverting a little bit from madeira uh, another grape variety is the wine is called vino verde uh, people are familiar with port but portugal also has other famous wines like uh, moscatel and uh, you know the wines from alentejo and then obviously vino verde which is made from alvarino grape it's like a young green sparkling wine from minho Mm-hmm. and uh, also regular white wines as well and apart from the amazing wine that you get in portugal you need to pair it up with some food and uh, portugal is from uh, very famous for its the food that i was kind of like reading about is a lot of comfort food like which your grandma would make a lot of mom and pop restaurants so it's not very high end or fancy but i think the dishes are more nicely homemade cooked meal and uh, the bacalhau which yeah. is so famous you know the first thing i had once i landed yeah. in porto was this <laughs> and how was it tell me like the Yum. taste and the flavor i know we just uh, took it from one of the regular roadside shops right. and uh, I just had that with a bottle of uh, portable beer and that Ooh. was amazing. So you get it like even on the roadside or it's just like fancy restaurants everywhere. everywhere. You get it everywhere, yeah. right? You get it everywhere. Okay. But the best part it's is like the, the Vada Pav in Mumbai. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in fact, there's so many wine bars across the city mm-hmm. that where you could actually get the local food in tapas style. Mm-hmm. I mean, these small nice. small dishes mm-hmm. and uh, they are fantastic, really nice to try out with your wines. Yes, if you're heading there, what is Bacalhau? It's the salt cod and its staple in uh, portugal eaten two or three times a week and you it's available in all kinds of ways from baked with cream and potatoes to a cold chickpea salad and like how you mentioned it just tastes delicious on the go with, on the yeah, road with potatoes especially yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fish and chip chips version from oh, uh, nice. it, uh, from england yeah. <laughs> well and another uh, something which is very famous is the pastel de nata 
it's the quintessential portuguese custard tart and uh, P- portugal is a nation of sugar lovers and everybody knows the nata and they absolutely love it and uh, you know again from the restaurants to somewhere lo- along the way or in the bakeries that's something you get uh, something a little more towards the delicacy side is the azores caviar from tuna to octopus tinned or preserved fish is huge in portugal sardine roe is particularly prized and uh, for the portuguese it's a delicacy and wow. it's available in unique texture and flavor and uh, another one is the caldo verde what's that <laughs> i love these names <laughs> i don't know what's in it but i would just order for how fancy it sounds so well this is one of the most iconic comfort dishes you find in most restaurants and at home and the five uh, quintessential ingredients that are used in this are potato onion olive oil kale and chureco It's as simple as that. It's Great. comfort and simple and well made. So if you're heading there, these are a few things I feel you along with try. your wine you must yeah. try. Yeah. So I think we've covered quite a lot uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, the destinations and things to do and uh, one more thing that mm-hmm. you definitely need to do is to take a cruise ride from Porto to Douro Valley because the river is absolutely stunning. Mhm. that's a place that you must visit and especially last year it was voted as one of the best locations in the world mm. and i think if anyone has not done a trip to portugal this year it should be there and the five must things yeah let's quickly recap for yes. our listeners the five must things you can look forward to your heading to portugal i would say wine yes absolutely the port wine the duro wines the madeira wines and uh, obviously your vino verde and so many varieties right. number 2 yeah. you would say i think for a diversified culture that all the cities have places like lisbon or maybe yeah. porto and duro and you know it's and then madeira of course mm-hmm. it's suddenly it's definitely a completely different experience to go there right that, so and yeah. at number 3 i would say the food of course very interesting and distinct the chorizo yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i suddenly remembered oh my god i think we got chorizo from portugal yes mm-hmm. i think so so the custard tarts and the chorizos and the bacalao yeah. number 4 you would say uh the cruise the cruise yeah, yeah i mentioned it yeah. earlier of course the <laughs> so cruise from make sure you include this in your top 5 yeah. list and number 5 would be the nightlife i'd say you know you're eating you're drinking you're seeing beautiful places but for everyone out there ready to enjoy great nightlife that's something you should have on your list as well absolutely So thank you so much for listening to the Drinks and Destinations podcast and tune in to uh, our episode next week. To listen to our episode, you can go on SoundCloud, AudioBoom, iTunes or any other local podcast app. You can like, comment, follow Drinks and Destinations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also like, comment and subscribe to our podcast on YouTube under the name Indus Vox Media. And yeah, so while all of us love our tipple, make sure that you drink, drink responsibly. responsibly.